Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Welcome to Can You Brew It? <laughs> the show where I get to brew uh, Arrogant Bastard over and over again. It's <laughs> over like over again. Groundhog's Day. <laughs> I brewed it yesterday, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah got another batch in there. Look right. out now. So what did you what did you decide? Well, I used some you? I used some creative license. No, no, <laughs> no, I uh, actually did it exactly the way you told me to. Oh, sure. So you can blame it on me. Exactly. Tell me it's all my uh, fault. Exactly right. It'll be my turn to serve next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. Well, side out, big uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sure it'll turn out exactly cloned. Oh my god, won't that that'll be uh Mitch Steele's nightmare then. He's gonna have to like say how could it be? That's not the recipe. And he's, but he, what's he going to do? Then? Right. Well, we got a clone, the brother. Right. Yeah, they can't make it themselves anymore. See. Right. Exactly. <coughs> well, they'll take it off the shelves. Yeah. Well, we allow for thing, the, we allow for transportation and bottling and all that. We actually can make the beer that you, that you get. See, that's the difference. Right. He's used to the brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know when we make a lot of these uh, great beers, uh, where what are we relying on? Great suppliers like Northern Brewer. Yeah, they got the best and the fresh, the freshest. Our, yeah, our sponsor. Yeah, you yeah. know a lot of these beers that we do. Uh, I was just uh, chatting with uh, David Palm, uh, a, a listener that uh, he and I have gone back and forth on on some stuff before, and he's helped me, and and he's a he's a listener to the show, and uh, he also does a I believe it's a Catholic beer blog. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he. Uh, uh, was out in uh, Minnesota. Stopped by Northern Brewer. He was listening to the uh, Fuller's eighteen forty five show. Hmm. He's like, "Well, I need the Amber Malt." Uh, I had to buy uh, Northern Brewer there. Picked it up. He's like, "Ah, oh, thank goodness I was close to Northern Brewer." They got all those malts. Yeah, get all get all the the stuff he needs to uh, do the clones. Anyways, uh, yeah, they're they're great people out there, and they've been our sponsor since uh, the early days when we were uh, knee high to grasshopper. And all that. We're no taller. Stuff. We're no taller now. <laughs> we are thicker. We have increased in girth, but uh, <laughs> not in height. But uh, no, they're they're good people, and uh, they they uh, supported the show. So uh, you know, make sure to tell them that you appreciate the uh, uh, support, and uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All that good stuff. And uh, another thing that I don't know that uh, we've mentioned. Uh, on this show, but we're going to do a uh, Blickman top tier system uh, promotion here. Oh, so people who buy a Blickman uh, oh. top tier system between now and uh, end of January. No, oh. yeah, I saw that ad and brew and brew your own. Yeah, they're entered uh, in a drawing. 
Well, notice I noticed your face on the ad is what. <laughs> Which made you. Well, I mean, turn, turn the page turn the real page? quickly, and then I had curiosity made me go back. You and wanted see. to read the other oh, stuff well, what, on the what page. What the deal was, or some right. sort of contest or something. Me between a couple of Johns. Yeah, right yeah, there. two Johns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was me. Uh, <clears throat> so the deal is that you buy, you get in this drawing, and uh, either. Palmer and Blickman and myself will come out to your place Whoa. and brew with you. Show up, wow! Or you can actually come out to my place and we'll we'll all do it do it there. We'll wait for a wind- day that's not so windy, I guess. Huh? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. windy as a summer gun out there. But uh, well, and I may I may my Blickman I have uh, located. It's oh. in the garage. Oh. I've been using it in the Indoor, garage. With the, uh, and I can open up the the wind tunnel a certain amount, oh, sure? <laughs> so I have plenty of ventilation. Plenty of ventilation there. there, yeah, the wind tunnel. Right, right, but uh, I can control it. it. Nice. So uh, yeah, you know, if you're if you're thinking about buying a Blickman system, now's the time, and you can get in on this. I'm, you know, the number of people that are going to be entered is going to be you know much smaller Can't than be that many. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on, how many can you make? Uh, quite a, quite a I few. I know they're real popular. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, you know, it give you a chance to, to get in there. And, uh, you know, so if you're thinking about it, pull the trigger on that bad boy. But, uh, yeah, that's that's been my life is uh, getting caught up on stuff. Mm-hmm. Went to GABF, went to New York. I'm going out to Fargo, leaving Thursday. Fargo, wow. That's yes. a, what's going on there? What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking it's Fargo. Uh, you know, who wouldn't want to go? It's like, you know, when you, you know, Paris, uh, you know, London. I thought I'd be, might be a big deal in Fargo. Fargo. I don't know. New York, Fargo. It's all in the same breath. <laughs> That's hey. such a flyover. It isn't even the flyover path. It's just like... No, no. It's on the edge of the flyover. Fargo, come on. You've seen the movie, right? Exactly. Exactly, yeah. I'm more into That's it now. It's a quality place. Is it already blizzard-like there? Yeah, it'll be cold oh, by it's then. it's probably really? always under snow. Six feet, ten feet of snow, I'm sure. <laughs> Middle of June. <laughs> Middle of June. <laughs> Snow past your past your eyeballs. Oh no! But uh, they're all seem like a great great bunch of folks, and I know some of them personally. And uh, uh, they've been asking me to come out for for a while now, so uh, we're we're gonna do it. Cool. Pull the trigger on that bad boy, and that's gonna be my last trip of the year. <laughs> all right. I'm not traveling anywhere, nowhere, no more. Mm. I'm done for the year. It's been a travel year for you. It has. It's been. It's been busy. It's been busy. And uh, you know, uh, you know, we uh, one of the places that we traveled to uh, this year was uh, Nebraska. Went to Nebraska Brewing Company, and it is the uh, the uh, genesis, the uh, so called uh, seed that sprouted this Can You Brew It episode. And we're going to do uh, Can You Brew It is going to tackle the uh, Cardinal Pale Ale. So. Uh, I don't think this was a uh, a listener request. It's probably it maybe in there. I don't know. We get so many requests, but uh, both Peter uh, Simons and myself we tasted this there at, uh, at Nebraska and walking out. We're like, yeah, we got to do uh, Cardinal Pale Ale and Can You Brew It. So they were they were kind enough to uh, take good care of us and, and hook us up with uh, beer and. Uh, an interview. Well, I do know that when I posted the show on the website about a week ago, I got a lot of emails thanking mm-hmm. us for doing it. A lot right. of Nebraska fans. Yeah, it's, so they're making great beer. Yeah, they really are, and it's it's. Uh, and I think this is one of those ones that uh, you're just surprised at how drinkable it is. It's got a great uh, toasty and caramel character to it, and a pale ale with a great citrus hop character, and it's uh, very. Um, 
uh, very, you know, highly drinkable in a very deadly way because it's uh, close to 6% alcohol. <laughs> and, you know, you can knock back a pint and you're thinking, oh, yeah, there's nothing. And, you know, uh, pretty soon you're you're in trouble. So real drinkable, great, great beer. Anyways, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a uh, short break and we'll come back and hear from uh, Nebraska Brewing Company, Tyson Arp. He was uh, willing to help us out. And uh, we'll be back after this. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Brewers. Three brewers, three different eras, all caught in the same fermento chronological vortex, traveling through time, righting brewing wrongs, and bringing beery wisdom to where and whenever it may be needed. Journey now with Dr. Jean de Clerc. Greetings, listeners. 20th century Belgian super brewing scientist. Please, please, the yeast and the enzymes do the hard work. I am merely a facilitator. Icebach. What, what? 21st century Norwegian-American homebrewer rapper from St. Paul. Listen, listen. I bust attenuation maxims and my yakima magnums make my lager so smooth it's like a laxative. My spit got that static power after I mash for an hour. I got naked ladies in my brew room all covered in hot flowers. I swing a propagation flask like a five-liter dick. Get your nasty mid-drinking group on ass back to 1026, boo! And Brother Abelard. Up there with witch. Be gone! 12th century English monk and perpetuator of brewing superstition. My holy rod of divine bubbling shall maketh any ale to froth by the grace of heaven. And a modicum of bog myrtle hurts not either. Brought to you by Northern Brewer, your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, and equipment with $7.99 flat rate shipping. Tune in next time for more Time Brewers! Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedeshev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard. And polish your style accuracy with DeMille. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Mother White Labs. It's all in the vial.
Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. Seven Bridges has the best selection of organic ingredients, including over 27 varieties of organic hops at breworganic.com. Join their mailing list for special deals and regular updates. They've been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for 13 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. And Seven Bridges is the proud host of the fourth annual National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Take the challenge this fall for a chance to win great prizes, including stainless steel brew kettles and organic brewing ingredients. This year, the challenge will be judged in two locations, on the East Coast at Capital City Brewing in Arlington, Virginia, and on the West Coast at Gordon Biersch in San Jose, California. For complete details, visit breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to great beer and people-friendly business practices. They offer environmentally friendly, fair trade, and fair wage brewing products whenever possible. Seven Bridges, breworganic.com. You're listening to the Brewing Network. I'm speaking with Tyson Arp, lead brewer at Nebraska Brewing Company, uh, Papillon, Nebraska. Tyson, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Ah, I'm hanging in there, you know, living life and all that stuff. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, I uh, got a chance to visit with you guys in Nebraska, and I was uh, very impressed with the the whole uh, the whole place and everything everything about it. Your beers, the food, the the building, the people. I had a really good time, and uh, I'm I'm really glad you're you're willing to join us here for Kenya Brew It and uh, and help us out. One question I had for you was. How did you become a brewer? What what was your your passion and your start on on brewing? Yeah, I find it interesting uh, meeting with other brewers and finding out how they got started because it seems like everybody uh, has a really different story. Um, mine comes down to uh, being lucky and in the right place at the right time with the right skills. Uh, I started home brewing in two thousand and four and didn't take it all that seriously, but uh, ended up being pretty good at it and. As a uh, carpenter at the time, uh, housing market starting to crash, I decided to get out of that business and find a new livelihood. And uh, with a wife that was supportive enough to uh, let me follow my dream, I thought out uh, a brewing gig where I could get paid to brew. Uh, funny thing was, uh, of course, in, in Nebraska, if anybody's familiar with the brewing scene here, there's, there's some, there are some breweries, but they're, they're not that numerous and they're not growing exceptionally fast, so it's pretty hard to get a slot. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about Nebraska Brewing Company in the startup phase at that time, uh, put together what I thought was a really killer resume, even though I had no brewing experience, uh, and sent it on. Of course, after making some follow-up calls and never never being able to get in touch with the, the owners, I figured, you know, oh, that wasn't going to work out either. Uh, meanwhile, I had never entered any competitions as a home brewer. I was just taking my friend to word that my beer was actually good. So I entered my first competition and ended up winning Best in Show. And that was at the State Fair, which is one of the bigger competitions in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But the real kicker, and really the place where the, the amazing timing uh, and everything, the uh, fate, I guess, as you would, was that uh, the owning company, Paul Kapilak, uh was one of the judges in the Best in Show round. Mm-hmm. So when he heard who the winner was, he's like, hey, that name sounds really familiar, because he you know, just had my resume in his hands maybe a week or two earlier. And at that point, he called me, and, and we met then. Uh, I actually ended up volunteering uh, during the construction phase at the brewery here just to try to get some experience with the tanks and the equipment and that kind of stuff. And eventually, uh, I worked hard enough, and I think he felt guilty enough. He started paying me and finally hired me on full-time. Wow. 
That's amazing. And, you know, I think it's also, you know, very lucky for Paul uh, that, you know, it worked out because not, not only yeah. for you, but for him because you're a great brewer and the beers turn out great. So, you know, it's very uh, fortuitous on both both sides. Yeah, we definitely went through a learning curve in the first year or so. I was working under another brewer at the time, so I had a little bit of guidance that way, but I definitely had my own ideas about uh, what we should be doing with our recipes and our processes and uh, started to kind of apply uh, those wishes a little bit more and more and eventually uh, found myself in the head brewer position a little over a year ago. So mm-hmm. since then, we've been doing really well. The quality, everything gets better and better all the time. So Great. Well, and while I was there, uh, you guys uh, shared with me some uh, of the Reserve series. You've, you've got a, a series of, of barrel-aged beers or, or you know special special beers that you're doing. Can you tell me about those as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for the size of the brewery we are in our capacity, I think we have probably, I don't know, more barrels than most people do uh, stashed away in, in our brew pub. Actually, in the restaurant is where we store all of our barrels. It all started out with a beer called Chardonnay Blonde Reserve, uh, which was a Belgian Golden Strong aged in Chardonnay cast that we just kind of did as an experiment with two Chardonnay barrels. And it turned out pretty good and encouraged us to, uh, you know, not only reuse those barrels and try something new, but then try to reproduce what we had done in the first place. And over the last two years, that's worked into a series of four different um, barrel-aged beers, two of them done in Chardonnay casks and the other two done in whiskey barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun process. Uh, I mean, barrel aging beer. There's there's not a lot written about it, I guess, from a, on a professional side. Most most people know how to do it by talking with other brewers and just trial and error. So it's been a fun thing to learn. Right. It's it's um it's more of an art than a science, I guess, at this point because you know I taste some breweries barrel aged beers and they're just uh, I don't know they're heavy monsters of you know just an offensive barrel character. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just too overdone. And, and and your beers, I found, you know, beautifully balanced and complex and interesting and, and drinkable. I could, you know, drink myself silly with those. Yeah, that balance is so important. Uh, it, I've had people ask me over the last year or so, you know, you know what's, your, what's your shtick in the brewing world? And it, I didn't really know at first. I was just, you know, brewing the beers I was told. And as I've learned to develop my own recipes and these barrel beers and that kind of stuff, that balance, no matter what style of beer, I really like things to be in balance. When I use a special ingredient or a special flavor, I don't want it to overpower the beer. So, mm-hmm. like, the show is, like, our, our Imperial Stout Black Betty, it's not the heavy, syrupy, uh, whiskey barrel-aged stout that most people are used to drinking. It's, you can definitely hurt yourself by drinking a, a bottle or two of that. Well, and you won a uh, a medal at GABF this year with your uh, barrel aged beer, didn't you? Yeah, our uh, Melange Trois, which actually that's the same beer as Chardonnay Blonde Reserve, but we had to rename it when we found out the uh, Fed didn't particularly like our first name. So yeah, to take a, a bronze medal this year, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, you can't use the word blonde in naming naming beer. That's that's actually the, the with problem. the Chardonnay that they uh, I think they had a problem with that. Right, right, because then it implies that. So the drinker is actually purchasing Chardonnay instead of uh, mm-hmm. beer, and since, yeah. but since at any rate, uh, we've, uh, we've moved on so to a new name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and beer is always right next to the wine in the cooler at the store. Right, exactly. They're all mixed in there. You're, you're reaching <laughs> through the bottles. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, and where can people find your beer? Are you? Is it? Uh, uh, I was in uh, New York for um, uh, a, a couple of events out there, and the Get Real New York uh, Cask Festival, and I saw some Nebraska oh, yeah. Brewing Company uh, casks there. So, where can people Indeed. find your beers? I think we're in a total of six states right now. Uh, even though our production is still pretty small in the grand scheme of things, uh, we've been able to find a few pocket markets uh, to move the, especially the specialty beers that we're doing. So uh, New York, uh, Boston, uh, Philadelphia, and Oregon, and then of course on top of that, Nebraska and Iowa, closer to our backyard here. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, and, and we're I didn't doing hear quite a, California quite a in that list. Here. I didn't hear California that? in that list. Uh, we're, we're talking with California, definitely, <laughs> right. but we haven't. We don't have anything in ink yet. But yeah, we definitely have some interested distributors out there. I think and the I best place to distribute would be something like Elk Grove, California. That would be. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be the ideal market for you <laughs> we'll, there. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right. Well, and you know, one of the beers I I uh, got to try while I was there at your location was, and also. I, got to have some more at uh, GABF was your Cardinal Pale Ale. And I really I really love that uh you know it's got that light caramel uh you know slightly bready malty background uh, a real nice citrus character to it a real you know smooth easy drinking you know drink all night type of uh, pale ale. And uh, I wanted to you know see if we could do that for for Kenya Brewit. Uh can you help us out with a recipe on that? Yeah, you bet. Excellent. All right, so uh, a couple of couple of things about the brewery. Can can you tell me what what's your batch size? How 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 large a uh, batch you're brewing each time? Uh, we have a ten barrel system. Okay, but we squeeze a little bit more out of it. I, I'm usually filling the fermenters to around eleven barrels. Okay. And um, what is the uh, starting gravity of the uh, uh, Cardinal Pale Ale? It's right around 14 Play-Doh. Uh-huh. And finishing? Uh, usually about three. I get pretty good attenuation on this one. Okay. And uh, do you know approximately how many IBUs? Um, you know, I didn't write that down, but it's, uh, from memory, it's right around 30. Or maybe mm-hmm. I did write that down. Oh, here we go, 29. I have some notes in front of me. Okay. And um, we could calculate the ABV or if you happen to know it. Yeah, five point nine is kind of our target for that. Okay. Do you do you happen? Oh, uh, although it's easy drinking, uh, you got to be careful with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a a color that you're trying to hit on that? Mm, that's a good question. I knew you were going to ask me something I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> that's all right. I, I got it. That's okay. It's right here. Uh, thank goodness for computers. Uh, it's about five point nine SRM. Okay. And then, um, let's see, uh, what about the, uh, the, the grain bill on this? All right, yeah, it's not, it's not too complicated. Um, I use uh, primarily free malt here, mm-hmm. so 80 per- 80% two-row, mm-hmm. and then about 7.5% each of caramel 10 and caramel 20, mm-hmm. and then finish it off with uh, 5% Munich. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that adds up to 100. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, 15 to 20, yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's where you're getting that uh, nice uh, light caramel character and the uh, 
and kind of that bready, toasty yeah. background. Yeah, uh, we've had several people comment on that kind of that toasty character, and I think a lot of times they don't know where it comes from, but it's definitely mm-hmm. uh, from the music. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, uh, Ten Love Munich, the breeze? Yeah, yep. Okay. Uh, and what about the hopping? Uh, hopping is actually not that complicated for, for a pale ale. Um, bittering hop, I use Galena. Mm-hmm. And that makes up all of the 29 IBUs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we do just a Whirlpool addition and a dry hop on top of that to get all that, um, mostly the aroma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but those are both uh, cascaded for okay. the, the finishing hops. And what's the, the uh, amount of hops you're using for your... 10 or 11 barrels? Um, well, in the Whirlpool, I, I have it in like ounces per barrel. It's three and okay. three quarter ounces per barrel. Uh huh. And then dry hopping, we just do a pound per barrel because it's easy to open up an 11 pound box and dump it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that way they're, they're fresh every time. Right. Well, and I, I find uh, a lot of recipes, you know, use that sort of thing. You know, uh, a lot of brewers, it's like, well, you know, how did you come up with using, you know, that amount of, uh, you know, yeah. aromatic malt? Well, that's how much is in a sack. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's the You're pragmatic gonna... side of brewing, you know. Right. Exactly. You know, and we just, actually uh... did play around with, we played around with the uh, dry hopping of this beer um, probably more than any other variable over the past few years. And, and that just finally is what we decided works the best for us. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, and I like the tip about, uh, you know, it's a sealed bag. You're not using, uh, you know, for for the critical dry hop stage. You're you're gonna exactly, yeah. It, uh, makes yeah a lot as soon of as sense. we as soon as we switch to doing it that way, um, uh, people. I mean, this beer kind of has a almost a cult following in our pub here. People they stood up and noticed right away that something was different. It wasn't because we were using more hops; it's just because we made a commitment to use fresh hops every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Now, uh, how long is your boil for this? Um, I actually boil for seventy minutes, uh-huh. but but I uh, I let it boil for ten minutes before I put any hops in. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then um, once you do put the hops in, uh, how long do you after after the boil? Um, how long is your whirlpool whirlpool hot? Uh, it's twenty to twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Depends okay. on how how quickly the break wants to drop out. Okay, and then. Um, uh, your mash temp and uh, on that? Yeah, uh, I mash at one fifty. Okay, for an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeast is uh, it's just American ale. Uh, Ten fifty six. Why yep. yeast? Okay. And what? How's your fermentation profile? What do you uh, ferment at? Um, I usually try to knock out into the fermenter at sixty five degrees. Mm-hmm. And then I'll let it rise up to 68 and hold it there with the glycol. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, it gets a slightly more complicated with our dry hopping procedure as well, but after five to six days, basically at the end of diacetyl rest, uh, I'll cool it to 58. Mm-hmm. And then about 24 hours later is when I dry hop it. And there again, that's, that's some... Uh, Part of the reason we do that is uh, if we have to, that allows us to pull yeast out of the tank before we dry hop it. Right. And uh, how long do the dry hops uh, stay in for usually? Uh, I, I shoot for a minimum of four days. 
mm-hmm. and then we'll crash cool it and okay. filter it a couple days later. And do you make any uh, water adjustments? What's your your water like there at the brewery? Um, our water here is okay. It's uh, it's kind of lacking in calcium, um, but high in bicarbonates. So mm-hmm. um, I use lactic acid to adjust the uh, the R, or the, uh, the residual alkalinity down to about minus seventy five. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I add a little bit of uh, calcium chloride and gypsum, but I add that in the kettle. It doesn't really have anything to do with the mash chemistry. That's just for my yeast health mm-hmm. because we are kind of short on those uh, on the calcium magnesium here. Okay. And do you have any other tips for, for brewing this uh, great pale ale and or you know anything I didn't ask about this beer? I'm sorry, what is that? Do you have any other tips for, for brewing a great pale ale or was there anything I didn't ask about brewing this beer that I should know? Um, I think we hit on most of it. Um, like I mentioned with the dry hops, I think I mean, freshness definitely counts mm-hmm. um, when you're using a hop and you're worried just about the aromatics. Um, right. that's, that's the real thing. Um, the other thing I found, and I mentioned I played around with lots of different ways to dry hop, um, putting the hops in fairly late in fermentation and after the yeast started to settle, I seemed like, seemed like it got more bang for the buck. I know every brewer has kind of their own philosophy on when to add dry hops, but uh, I I like less yeast interacting, I guess, with the hops. Because right. mm-hmm. it tends and, to absorb a, a lot of um, the hop oils and on the cells. Yeah. When we first started doing this, we were using um, big hop sacks. We actually started using whole leaf and mm-hmm. putting them in too early. Uh, by the time they've done it, you pull them out, there's so much yeast stuck on the hops that I just felt like we were losing some extraction because they get coated in yeast. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with pellets. So, And now we don't use a bag at all. We just dump them straight in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. All right. Yeah, the only other thing that might be a little different, I think, at least on a homebrew level, is our mash efficiency is extremely high just mm-hmm. because we have a really great mash done. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that would throw off the uh, maybe the, the caramel character. Uh, if you have a lower efficiency, that might be a factor. I don't know. What What is your efficiency there? Uh, about 90% on this beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got a really awesome homebrew rig, you can probably match that. But I know a lot of people don't get quite that high efficiency. Right, right. Okay. And I know, uh, you know, keeping that caramel character, it's got to be there, but it needs to be in check and let the hops still come through. So. Well, thank you so much for your help with this, and, uh, you know, keep on brewing all those great beers. Uh, we all right. Really I hope you it. It. Take care. All right. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. 
Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. My name is Olin Schultz, and I'm president of More Beer. This month, More Beer wants you to meet the man behind the brand. I founded More Beer 15 years ago. Olin started brewing before the release of both Windows 3.1 and Bill Clinton. I've been homebrewing for 18 years. What makes starting the biggest brand in homebrewing great? My favorite thing about working at More Beer is the great energy of the staff. Everyone loves to talk about beer. Olin has put some of his favorite items on sale this month just for you. My favorite things to brew with right now at More Beer are the new breathable silicone carboy hood and... An easy way to seal your carboy without a lot of head pressure on your yeast. My multi-brown ale kit, our stainless steel quick disconnects, our line of heavy-duty kettles, and of course the B3500 brew sculpture. The best gravity-fed brew sculpture with a footprint of just 2 by 3 feet. It can fit almost anywhere. Don't miss Olin's favorites this month only and only at More Beer. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some yeah. sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right. So how about those folks from uh, Nebraska Brewing? Tyson, nice guy, took the time to uh, help us with that. 
And Paul there, he's great. Everybody at, at Nebraska's uh, wonderful folks. I really, really like those guys. And they uh, they they won a gold medal at uh, GABF for one of their one of their beers. Uh, barrel beer was it? Barrel aged. Um, I don't know if it's their Hop God or their Menage a Trois or something like that. But they've got a, and I think they had to rename the Menage a Trois for for some reason. Because they had the word Chardonnay in it or something. Yes, yes, that was it. <laughs> that was in the interview. I think. Yeah. I remember. Right, right. <laughs> if you ever listen to this, but. Oh. Uh, but uh, it's a fantastic beer. If you haven't if you haven't had that, you got to hunt it down. Yeah, I've heard of it's that. it's worth hunting it down. It is it is fantastic. It's uh, it seems from the, the the description of everything that's in there. When I first saw that, I was thinking, oh, this thing's gonna be just a a mess, and it's not gonna be any good. And it was fan freaking tastic. Hmm. It was a really really good beer. So if you get a chance to get some of that, uh, if you're anywhere near Nebraska. Drive yourself over to Pepion, which is uh, just outside of Omaha, and uh, you probably get some insurance in Omaha and get yourself yeah, some beer in Pepion. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, good stuff. The chat is telling me it was Menage a Trois. It was a bronze in wood and barrel aged strong. Good chat. Yes, there you go. They know their stuff, and uh, yeah, it, it, if you get a chance, seriously. Get yourself uh, some of that. I, they're distributing in uh, you know, a number of states now, so all you folks, uh, quite lucky. So give it a shot. Really good stuff. Woo! All right. Excuse me. Uh, during the break, we blind-tasted uh, beer uh, from uh, Nebraska Brewing. And Tasty, this was your challenge. Yes, I had tasted, to do the challenge, uh, yep. So we have the... One smiley face sticker versus the two smiley face sticker beer. And uh, I'll go first. Cloned. Uh, color, mall character, hops, fermentation character, cloned. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> cloned. Cloned in a good Done way. Deal. Justin, how about you? <laughs> uh, you're... you're uh, what what was your opinion of the two dot versus the one dot? I also say cloned. It was an interesting tasting because they changed a lot as the temperature changed. Mm-hmm. Both yeah. both yeah. samples changed a lot. That's an excellent point. Yeah. So uh, it was interesting to pick up uh, caramel in one that then changed to something else, mm-hmm. and caramel in the other that then changed to something else. So they both right. really that. I found that interesting. I think that they're cloned. I, there, there was some kind of a of a of a flavor I picked up in the one dot that I can't even put my finger on. Mm-hmm. But the hop character is right. The the malt character is right. The uh, so like it you said, the color was cause, perfect. Cause it you wasn't could put your fing- You could put your finger on that. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, you see that from a mile away, right? You know, and you can reach that. Yeah, right, right around behind, and there you go. I don't. It was just some mild, and it kind of that also changed with the temperature. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of anything I'd do differently to this beer. And if you gave them to me side by side, like you did, I say cloned. Right. So. Yeah. I, I, I was. I was thinking. Uh, on the drive down here, I was thinking, oh, you know what I should do is, like, drink a pint of the beer from Nebraska. 
and then have Tasty give me another pint at random. Right. And, uh, you know, and then maybe another one <laughs> and maybe another. <laughs> and then he could keep track and keep score. Right. And I could tell whether, you know, I thought it had changed or not. This might be a good way to do it. And we see what kind I of number so. you would blow, too. That would be <laughs> a good just, thing, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put a tally in each column. Right, See, yeah. which exactly. One you're I'm getting. like, I'd be calling it one way or the other. Right, no side See, by because side. Because we've always said that, you know, that was one of our measures. If you gave me a pint, if I was drinking all night, uh, you know, whatever beer it was, and then you gave me a pint of your clone, could you slide it in there, and would I notice? Yeah, right. Well, and you win either way. That's right. Because <laughs> you know, I'm getting my drink on. Yeah, plenty of it too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, and and one of the things I noticed at the start was the temperature difference. And I think I, I mentioned to Tasty, I'm like, well, I think this one's the commercial one. You know, it feels colder, you know. We had it in ice. That's, that's not appropriate for a beer. You have to <laughs> well, keep it cold, but I'm not got, freeze. Keep it cold for transportation purposes. You're supposed to rub it against your crotch or something to warm it up. <laughs> you know, take what? it out and have to start drinking it on the way over. That'll get it about the right, <laughs> right. temperature. It's just a good note for listeners at home, too, to, to pay attention to that. If you're trying to figure out if your beer is a clone, yeah. let them sit for five minutes. Don't, right. don't go off that first drink. Because the first drink I took, I thought, uh-oh. I'm going to have to tell Tasty this might not be cloned. There was a just a caramel characteristic. But the other one was so much colder. Mm-hmm. As the yeah. temperatures changed, they right. became the right. same beer. Well, and carbonation, too. Carbonation makes a huge difference in the in the character of a beer. Uh, you know, from you know, rich and full to thin and acidic. And, and uh, you know, all the flavors really depend on, you know, the carbonation being the same. So uh, that's another one. Yeah. All right, so tasty. Uh, what's your call on this? Clone? Not clone? Well, I um, yeah, I agree with you guys. The, the beer is cloned. There's really nothing I could see in the recipe that would uh, mm-hmm. make uh, these beers uh, closer to each other. You know, they have the same balance, same uh, flavors, same hop. Uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, hoppiness, and they they both have that uh, well hidden five point eight or five point nine percent alcohol. Uh, both really easy drinkers, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a beer I might make. I'm never. Uh, it's a 10, what, 56? Uh, yeah, it's just a 14 uh, Play-Doh beer, but uh, yeah, it gets down to t- 12 or so, I think, and it gives you the 5.8, I think. Yeah, the starting of uh, 10.55, uh, SRM 6.6, anticipated IBU 30. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it's a, at a, th- a 70. Oh, this is this is uh, this is incorrect here for uh, what we've been doing on the show, which is we've always been doing, I guess, a 70 percent efficiency and yeah. uh, six gallons at the end of the boil. This one's 75 percent efficiency and uh, six gallons at the end of the boil. Sorry about that. Uh, 60 minute boil time. Uh, we're doing 79.6 uh, percent, just shy of 80 uh, percent. 3.7 kilograms of a uh, Domestic two row, seven and a half percent, or three hundred fifty grams of crystal ten, and that's a breeze crystal ten, I believe. They told us what it. Let me get to my notes here. Uh, yeah, all breeze. Uh, the two row, the caramels, and the Munich, which kind of shafts our friends in uh, Australia who have trouble getting breeze. Even though I contacted breeze and asked them, they didn't respond to me. Mm-hmm. So, shame on breeze for not responding. Um, good products, but you know, whoever I sent my email to in my drunken stupor, they didn't respond to me. Hmm. So there, blew you off. That's right. Did you call them names like you do when you email me in a drunken stupor? Because that might have something to do with it. I just tell you I love you in my drunken stupor. That's all. 
<laughs> that could have done it too, actually. <laughs> I love you, Breeze. <laughs> How come my friends in Australia can't get your malts? Seven and a half percent, three hundred fifty grams of crystal twenty. So. 350 grams of crystal 10, 350 grams of crystal 20, and then 5.4% or 250 grams of a uh, Munich 10 that Brees also makes. Uh, that is mashed at uh, 150 degrees Fahrenheit. And then uh, the hops are 14 grams of Galena. Uh, 12.5% alpha acid. Uh, that gives you just a 29.7 IBUs using the Rager formula. It's a 60-minute addition. 17 grams of Cascade, uh, 5% alpha acid at zero minutes, and then 74 grams of Cascade, uh, 5% alpha acid uh, as dry hop. And I thought one of the excellent uh, tips that uh, Tyson had was crack open a fresh box yeah. of hops yeah. you know so they were using different amounts and the thing that really made the difference was yeah what 10 pounds nine pounds you know 12 pounds a fresh box and toss it in because you know he did the five kilo the 11 pounds right there. right mm-hmm. you know you know when you open up a bag of hops you notice and take a sniff mm. you, all that great that aroma that comes out if you can smell it, that's a Roman that's no longer a Roman flavor that's no longer left in the pellets. Spent, yeah. It's mm-hmm. gone. So you know, opening a bag, you know, so maybe same you would with do, pulling the uh, uh, CO two in your keg and, and smelling all that good smell. Right, right. You're not going to get that back. Right. So maybe you'd you know uh, do like one two ounce bag and one one ounce bag of hops, uh, you know, Roma hops, or, yeah. or maybe them. even a four ounce. Round them, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Round them to whatever sealed up, uh, you know, yeah. by by your you know Northern Brewer or whoever, uh, you know, whatever they're sealing them in and their oxygen proof bags. That's the the volume to use for the for the dry hop. Don't uh, don't don't change it there. And then uh, yeast, that's the uh, 1056. Why yeast 1056? Uh, if you're doing white labs, it would be 001. They're not exactly the same, but they're very close. I think you could use either one. Uh, you know, on the spear, I don't think you'd be in too much trouble one way or another. Um, and ferment at uh, 65, later rise to 68, five to six days, and then 58 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, you're going to dry hop for four days. And... Uh, the interesting thing is, he says he filters, and you you mentioned you don't filter. Well, the last two batches, I think <laughs> my filters are ready to go. I got so a big stack he, of filters. You know, when he told me he filtered, I'm like, oh, cool. Well, tasty filters, no problem. Like a match, and I changed it. And then you did. Ah, you know, throwing me for a loop. Yeah, it's working out great. Uh, I love the clarity I'm getting, and uh, uh, huh? I like it. Uh, it takes uh, some, you know more days to get the beer ready, which is sort of problematic. And, mm-hmm. On this show, because I'm always kind of brewing at the last minute, but right. once I get a little backlog of beer, it's going to work out great. I can just let it sit on the gelatin a whole week and pour off a couple of pints, and I'm good to go. Hmm. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, let's get into uh, a little more detail on your brew session okay. and what you did and, and, and how you made this a clone and hmm. any questions from the chat room. Back after this. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The, the Time Brewers. When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 1842 in the province of Bohemia. Yo, this era jerky. All the beers is murky. What, oh, friends, a male alewife. 
I don't know what I'm doing, so I got this dark malt, yeah? More stinky dark beer, yeah! No, sir! Please, wait! Just a moment! Hi! A package from the future? From Northern Brewer. Use the Pilsner malt, my good man. And the Sats Hop, sucker! They ain't noble like Queen Victoria, but you can use Sterling from Portland to Astoria. Let your work caramelize and let melanodins harmonize in a long boil. Keep your starter undercover with aluminum foil. Boo. And use it thou some bog myrtle. Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento chromosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and get your nasty ass bog myrtle back to the dark ages, brother Abelard. Hey, this golden lager with the happy hops pretty damn good. Thanks, Time Brewers. Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next, we did. Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of the Time Brewers. Brewers Publications is proud to announce their newest release, Yeast, the Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation by Chris White and Jamil Zanishef. The Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation is a resource for brewers of all experience levels. Chris and Jamil thoroughly cover yeast selection, storage, handling yeast, and how to culture yeast. Learn how to set up your own yeast lab, the basics of fermentation science and how it affects your beer, plus step-by-step procedures, equipment lists, and a comprehensive troubleshooting guide. Professionals and homebrewers trust Dr. Chris White, who founded White Labs Yeast more than 15 years ago. And Jamil Zanishev is one of the most respected and most awarded homebrewers in history and co-author of Brewing Classic Styles with John Palmer. Visit Brewers Publications on Facebook for more information. Order your copy at shop.beertown.org or from the Brewing Network. Yeast, the practical guide to beer fermentation by two of the most trusted names in commercial and home brewing. Proudly available soon from Brewers Publications. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next Come meeting. On, Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. 
You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients in the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hilo, what's your feeling? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. All right. We're rocking out to some uh, Nebraska Cardinal Pale Ale. Good beer. Yeah. Uh, and your cologne as well? Yeah, I'm liking them both. Same thing. Good, 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 job, good stuff. And uh, we're actually going to send some back to the brewery. So yeah, he went and sent them mine so yeah. he can compare. So, sure. That's cool. Because, you know, some, sometimes I think. Yeah, most of these brewers are, you know, really, really great guys, and they're totally open to you know, somebody trying to brew their beer and, and tasting and all that. And and guys like uh, Mitch Steele down at Stone, he's like, you know, he requests every time. He's like, well, send me some. Let me let me try it too. Hmm. You know, real nice guy. Uh, hmm. So, and I get the feeling, you know, some of them really wouldn't care about tasting it. Might be more trouble than it's worth for them, but you know, somebody like Tyson, somebody like Mitch Steele, they seriously want to taste it and would not uh, find it a chore at all. So, I think that's pretty cool. You'd be very curious. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're interested and in, and in open. You know, mm-hmm. good guys. All right, so uh, tasty. Tell us about your your brew day. Anything that uh, now you didn't? You were saying you didn't filter. You you used gelatin on this. I used gelatin you know, findings. Threw me for a loop. I was all prepared Sec- for you filtering. The second batch I did, and I the first batch I did was my tasty APA. Of course, I you know I know what that beer tastes like, and and uh, did that change the flavor? Of your tasty? APA? I'm not. No, I'm not getting any change in flavor. No, really. No. Uh, you know, clear is clear. I mean, it's clear for a reason, right? Right, but you know, it's oh, you're not, not going to give me the stripping shit. They yeah, can't use the word stripping, are you? Well, when you <laughs> let's talk stripping. All right, I'm still defending filtering, even though I'm not filtering now. <laughs> well, but when you when you filter a beer yeah. and you open up your plate filter afterwards and you look at the 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 filter yeah, material yeah, right, in there, right. it's got color in it, it's got Only because uh, protein is, like, has you a color. You suck on it, it's bitter. Hops are, it's sort of greenish, it's sort of a green-brown slot. <laughs> right, right. I, I can I can save that and you can just right. add it to your beer as needed if you like that, but uh, <laughs> I prefer it not be in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I like it on the pad. But the, you like it on the pad. I like it on the pad. <laughs> I think we got a new a new shirt. But I can get you in that green slogan. slime if you like it in there. I can just give you extra. Right, but an additive. But it's it's it takes some of those those the, well, you know some other compounds out as well. I it? thought the good stuff was clear, like you know, just all nice and small and goes right through that filter like shit through a goose. <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm not so sure. Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Well, I guess. I guess. I, I maybe I should look at my beers. Maybe they're too flavorful now. I needed to back off on the That's right. recipe side because it might be getting too much your, flavor. Your beers too much could be hop too, aroma. too good now. Yeah, yeah, they could be too good for their own good. Yeah, hmm. All right. That's a possibility. You know, not you mentioned it. Uh, I did notice a little more hop aroma in my beer than uh, than I'm used to. Mm. See. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm still new at this. Some, some I'm still new at this. I, I, I still, what I've never done, uh-huh. and I never did while I was uh, filtering. And I, of course, I haven't given up on filtering. I'm just doing it. To, yeah, things I've never done, you count on one hand. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what you use is one hand. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I never have just like find one and filtered another and compare them side by side, uh-huh. or get them in front of people who can actually tell the difference. Uh-huh. I should do that because now I'm finding. Now I'm. I got the filtering equipment. I should just go ahead and do that. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's yeah. time to do some serious experimenting. I agree. Which I'll do. Time for serious experiment. The next can you brew it, I'll do it that way. We'll have a three-way here. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. three different beers, the commercial and a uh, find and then a filtered version of mine. I got a surprise call for you guys. I have Paul from Nebraska Brewing on the oh, line. Oh, all right. Nice. Yeah, we wanted to call and talk to you. Hey, Paul, you there? Yeah, I am. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, Paul. Good. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Sounds like you nailed it. Congratulations. Yeah, we got it good. Yeah, right between the eyes. <laughs> Good deal. That uh, as a home brewer, that was uh, that was my epiphany beer. When I finally got to the point where I was satisfied with that beer, I raised it up to the light and went, "You know what? I might be able to sell this." And that's what started it all. <laughs> oh, cool! Uh, gave you the confidence to go forward, huh? Yep. Yeah. It was a pain in the rear, though. The uh, the dry hop. I think I brewed that ten or fourteen times, and I was dissatisfied. And finally, I came home from work. One day, and, and I was so disgusted with it, I pulled the top off the fermenter, and I dumped in everything I had in Cascade <laughs> Hops. And I nearly dumped the fermenter over, closed it up, and I went away, and I was distracted. It took me about two weeks to get back to it, and I popped the top on the fermenter and went, holy crap, that's it. And there it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great stuff. I love I love that citrusy and almost spicy character that you get from that. Yep, Tyson's done good things with it, you know, it. It was it was good when it was you know a home brewed recipe and I think he's done fantastic things and you know made mm-hmm. it a professional beer so we're indebted to him. Well, and thank you for uh, you know supporting the show and and helping us out with uh, this beer and we really enjoyed it. Absolutely, guys. Next time around, we'll uh, maybe we'll ratchet up and do a hop god. Oh Ooh, yeah, there you go. Now, see, that's a, there you're talking. Yeah, that is another fantastic beer. That might be a hard one to do, but we would take on the challenge. Right. We're up to it. We're yeah. up to it. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Not to pill it. I'm right now. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys get back to the uh, the show. I hate to interrupt, but uh, I wanted to say hello and congrats, man. Oh, thanks. And hey, everybody listening, you know, go by Nebraska. If you're anywhere in the area, Papillon, Nebraska, it's a beautiful building, beautiful place, great food, great service, uh, you know, a lot of excellent beers, you know, a lot more than we're talking about here. So you know, get yourself down there and, and give it a try. You won't be disappointed. And, you know, it's not that far. If you're driving, it's like, Omaha, right? uh, you know, anywhere across the country on I-80, just swing on through Nebraska. <laughs> swing right through. Swing right through. <laughs> there, you know, plenty of parking. 
<laughs> they're open. They're open late. Hardly any traffic lights. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Paul. All right, guys. Take care. See ya. Thanks take for care, the recipe. Uh, he's a great guy. You know, when we did our uh, road trip, uh, you know, uh, Peter Simons and I uh, out to Minneapolis, the first place to respond was Paul. Hmm. Paul was the very first person to respond and say, hey, I'd love to have you come on by and put a lot of effort into uh, making sure he notified the homebrew clubs in the area and set it up and, and took great care of us. Hmm. It, was, it was really, uh, really wonderful. He's been a big supporter of the show and... And uh, I just love the guy. He's a good guy. So, so I I, yeah, I did uh, did find it and not uh, filter it. Um, I made uh, fifteen gallon batch mm-hmm. or eighteen gallons uh, pre boil or eighteen gallons of wort. Actually, I'm a big fan of uh, getting those fermenters full full enough so I can uh, knock out uh, the full fifteen gallons, which I did. Mm-hmm. Half barrel. So you have to supply a lot of beer to a lot of people. That's that's the thing, right? That's why I brew like five gallons because nobody wants to drink my beer. When I like when I see this recipe, I look at it and go, "Wow, this is an easy drinker." I I know I'm going to go through a lot of it just because it is, you know. Right. So automatically, I do the fifteen. Now I did have a problem. Uh, You know, I got I got you know I I ran my um, I did the fly sparge, which I do, and then. I was bringing it up to trying to you know bring it up to a boil. Kind of got that burn you know the burner on, you know when I've got a fair amount of wort uh, collected in the boil kettle, and it just wasn't heating up. And I looked at my flame, and it was just really weak, weak flame, you know. Hmm. And um, looked at my you know check my propane tank. It's you know, it's got plenty in there. Uh, so I I soon realized I didn't have enough power in my uh, kettle burner to, uh, to hmm. get the bo- the beer up to a boil, let alone. Uh, Boil it, so I had to just collect it all there, and then uh, transfer it all back to my uh, hot liquor tank uh, burner. Hmm. And uh, was it a problem with your orifice? I no, because I since got a, just I just got a replacement banjo burner because it was pretty rusty, mm-hmm. and you know just the, the burner part and put everything back together, with the same orifice and everything, and now it's fine. So hmm. it must have clogged up enough of the holes or something. Spiders or could have been a dead bug in there or mm. a rat or uh, who knows what. Right. Anyway, so that was a, a delay in my brew day as well. So I'm taking the kids out to the, the pumpkin farm <laughs> the other day. You had a banjo right? burner? Oh, no, it was pouring rain. Take the kids out of the pumpkin farm. We wander through the corn maze. We buy the pumpkins. We're loading back in. It's like mud everywhere, and it's just pouring rain. Like, And I'm wandering back, and I see this big rat wandering across the muddy parking lot, you know, yeah. coming out of one of the fields, and it's just like half drowned. You know, it's kind of staggering along the road, <laughs> and I'm getting back in the car, and I say, oh, look at the rat. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I see it, I see it. And then uh, Farmer Dave comes up comes and up smacks it. it with a shovel. <laughs> right in front of him, huh? Oh. And they're like, he just killed it! <laughs> <laughs> Wham! <laughs> now, did the girls like that, or were they kind of they afraid of that? Not, they did not like that at all. <laughs> they weren't afraid, but they did not like that. Well, they felt right. safe like, in the car. What are you killing the rat for? Wow. Some kids you never know. Some kids are like, yeah. Well, and the little the little rat was like, you know, he saw Farmer Dave coming, right? And the little rat turned around and it's like running back our way, but he was so covered in mud Slowed and water and so frozen, he was like, you know, moving in slow motion trying to get across the road. And Farmer Dave was like, bing, <laughs> scoops him up with a shovel. One scoop, he's gone. Like, hey! I'm like, well, you know, uh, Farmer the Dave doesn't want to, you know. 
that's where his house is, and you know, I'm like, oh well, <laughs> I wish I hadn't pointed out the rat. Anyways, I don't know uh, uh, how we got. I mean, you were saying a rat. Do we need to go to break after that? Oh, no. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah yeah I had the rat problem in my uh, banjo burner yes, yeah. and it was a, a mouse maybe those holes are pretty small, and so that just a delay and it, I have I get a nice boil in that mm-hmm. in that kettle because uh, it's sixty it's twenty five or twenty six gallons as well, and you know I got like a uh, twenty some gallon pre boil so it's it's pretty full kettle. Um, other than that, uh, no, it wasn't anything unusual. Hit all the numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I like about my process. It's pretty, uh, pretty repeatable. repeatable yes, uh, yeah, repeatable process is a big part of it. It is. Well, you know, uh, if the uh, brewery's nice enough to give us the recipe, you know, if you apply a reasonable brew day and a reasonable ferment mm-hmm. to it, you get a pretty good chance should, of coming out the same. That's out, what I'm finding. I don't know. Come out pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's only when you're sloppy in your brewing. I think that. You yeah, know, if you, if you can't brew the same beer twice, then don't expect really any of these clone recipes to come that close right. to the real thing because right. you're as variable as you know. You're the, more you're more variable in the recipes. So. The nice thing about this is you can buy the commercial example. You yeah. can brew this, and you can see how far off you are. If you're not getting close, don't be blaming the. The brewery that provided the recipe and think they're lying or something like that. I've gotten emails like that. People like, well, no, mine didn't turn out the same, so they're lying. It's like, well, you know, dude, you're just a crappy brewer is probably your problem right there. So, you yeah. know, work on your, your brewing skills. Well, that's why this show kind of works in a way, because we do brew the beer. I mean, it's not, right. I mean, if we just had the show and you gave us a recipe and we talked about it and said, thanks, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate you doing this, you know, going to the next recipe. It just wouldn't have the you know the credibility because we actually brew the beer and do the blind exactly. tasting. It's uh, exactly. makes it work. All right, uh, questions from the chat room. Yeah, I got one question about the beer, and then I promised I'd try to sneak in a couple other questions from some longtime listeners. Uh, but the one's a, a clarification about what temperature tasty did you dry hop at? You know, I I didn't. Uh, I, oh no, I didn't do cold. No, I didn't do a cold in this beer. Uh, usually when the recipe calls for, like you said, 58 degrees, I think, mm-hmm. uh, I'll go ahead and uh, just uh, put it into my, like, 45-degree space, my serving temperature, and dry hop in the keg. But I didn't do that this time. I just dry hopped it uh, at, like, uh, 65. Mm-hmm. I did lower the temperature, though. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a question now I have. I, some, people, some people do, like, a combination. I'm seeing that, like, a bit... Russian River, the the beer that I have up there in uh, fermenter number twenty five, uh, that's kind of half warm and half cold too because they're trying to drop the, uh, you know, all the yeast out when they're trying to clarify the beer. So right, they, got, right. they they chill it before they put the gelatin in, which is standard procedure. I'm finding out with gelatin is you want to put it in cold beer, not warm beer. Well, and that uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, since I'm ahead on the interviews and stuff, uh, somebody was mentioning how they you know if they uh, you know, crash cool it. You know, if they dry hop and then crash cool it, the the yeast pulls out. Was it Tyson or was it somebody? I don't know. It pulls Everybody, out, pulls out the the yeah, hop aroma. Sure, so, yeah, take some with them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you need to get rid of that yeast first, and yeah, then everybody's doing. Everybody's doing that. They're getting right. the yeast out, dropping the yeast, and then they're well. Then someone they're doing. You know, it's like uh, Brennelson. I thought he was you know getting his his dry hopping on early. And then he also does a later dry hopping, so he's got a like, whole. I still think he's dropping the yeast, or at least a big part of it. It may still right, be. You know, right. you know it's still. Yeast and suspension. That's why he's still sure. doing it. Like well, and if you're using something like an English ale yeast that that uh, you know drops real easy, then maybe you can get away with that. And if yeah. you're using something that's less flocculent, 
then uh, you need to make sure you've you've really yeah. forced that yeast out first. All right, a couple of questions I promised I'd try to sneak in. Steelers and Beer is listening, and he wants to know, hey, guys, if you get a second to help out, uh, what would be a good hop match with Citra? Uh, he said he brewed a JBA. I don't know what that is. Um, and, Janet's Brown Ale. Oh, there you go. Sorry, the JBA. How could it's, I not know taste? It's like an international term. You You'll sim- find it in London when you're there. <laughs> just they say JBA, JBA. You, now you know what they're talking about. Uh, use Simcoe for bittering, Citra for the 10-minute and flame-out edition. Any suggestions for a dry hop match? Amarillo. Okay. For Citra, sure. Cool. And one more I, I, try, I said I'd try to sneak in. Uh, any experience dry hopping with noble hops? You ever done that, Jamil? Uh, I have. Uh, it's been a while. Um, uh, good results or? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, absolutely. Okay. Um, Worth a shot. And even, even people using uh, Magnum for dry hopping, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, which is related to, I guess, Halitown, but uh, Halitown, Middle Fleuru, so. Okay. And the only other request was the uh, bike foolery in there was wondering if we know what our six, our clone success percentage is if we've uh, gone through and calculated that. Not recently, um, but last time I calculated it was eighty eighty twenty. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's not bad. That's better uh, than better I, than we thought it'd be. I, I <laughs> yeah. think I think since since we actually knocked off a bunch of the rebrews, I think it's gone up since then. Right. So it might be closer to eighty five. Cool. All right, that's it for the chat. You can always join us live in there when we do these shows. All right. So another great show. Uh, you know, if you if you uh, like the show and you want to support it, get yourself over to uh, the Brewing Network store. Check that out. We got uh, East Books, a new East Book from uh, Homeboy and Dog Meat. <laughs> uh, signed, signed East Books, signed Brewing Classic Styles are back in the store. I know somebody emailed me and was asking about that. Hats. Uh, bring network the hop grenade hats really cool brew strong hats and uh, you can sign up for uh, brew your own magazine I, saw, I I write for that every every month and uh, uh, you know half that goes to the brewing network so it's a great deal for for you and the brewing network uh, click on that big byo art, uh, uh, graphic there and also uh, you have a chance to donate uh, click on that donate now button two bucks a month you get uh, a lot of benefits and it really helps the brewing network believe it or not So, until next time, make sure you brew strong. And often.